Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the full moon in the second decan of Leo. Uh, I hope that you're all doing well out there today. Uh, I have a new boom stand for, for my mic today, so well, hopefully we fixed all the issues that we had uh, at the Astrology of February live stream. So I've got a new boom here that's uh, very fancy. I got a new green hoodie. I'm feeling good today. Uh, it's a day of renewal, friends. Uh, happy, happy Emolk uh, cross holiday, which I guess is within this range of time. You know, there are various thoughts on when it is between the first and you know the second of February, but generally we see that that cross holiday uh, around 15 degrees of Aquarius sun. So that's the midpoint between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. So we're seeing little stirrings happening under the ground. We're feeling a little bit of passion stirring underneath, some kind of new uh, new thing that is trying to bubble to the surface. There is a, a pregnancy in the air, potentially, maybe of ideas. Um, but we're going to go on a little bit of a journey today. I'm going to spend some time with you today. Uh, as we do, I'm going to welcome some of you to the chat. I see a lot of people stopping in. I'm excited about that. Uh, let's see, Rachel is here, stopping in from Ireland. Hello, Rachel. Nice to see you, friend. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about um, Imolk or Imbolk. I don't know. There's a there's some different pronunciations of it, but I'm I'm starting to learn more about those um, pagan cross holidays and having a, a new interest in that and being able to connect with the the spirits of nature. I've been watching this show on um, Amazon recently called the legend of vox machina and it's uh it's the folks from critical role who are people that that were voice actors that did dungeons and dragons on a live stream sort of like this and um it's just you know piquing my interest in in magic and in uh you know connecting with nature and bringing just a little bit of beauty and grace into the world but i know that a lot of those those games are based on based on real uh, spiritual traditions. And I think that there's a way to connect those and to bring some of that magic into our life. So if you, this is what I'm gonna ask for the community today, put all the resources you have about like tree magic, uh, you know, herbal stuff, like the history of Celtic and, and Druidic uh, mythology. If you've got resources, put them in the chat. That's sort of my, my ace of wands passion for the day. This is my card for the day. Um, so I'll just throw that out there. We've got to get our um, Spencer Michelle Astrology Dungeons and Dragons group going. <laughs> maybe I'll be, maybe I'll be a Druid half elf like they have in the show there. That's uh, you know, it's 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 nice to just have a little fun with things every once in a while, bring a little um, innocence and magic back into our lives. Hopefully, we're doing that for you here today. So Rachel, welcome. Uh, a Nancy is here from Maryland. Aaron is joining us from Des Moines. Stella Rendition is here from North Carolina. Uh, so nice to see you all here. Uh, Dina is joining us today. Uh, Rachel says, I'm having dinner as we speak, so I can stay for the whole chat. No excuses. All right. Well, Rachel, you're here with us today. Hannah Kuhari is here today. Hello, Hannah. Nice to see you, friend. We were talking about some audio stuff the other day. This is the fancy SM7B, the Shure SM7B microphone, if you're interested. Uh, I'm always uh, excited to share all of my new like audio things. Being a musician, uh, sound quality was important to me. So a lot of times people come ask me for advice. What's going on with your setup there? 
This is a Shure SM7B microphone with a cloud lifter, which is a signal booster plugged into an audio box that goes into your computer. So that's what is getting us the, uh, the dulcet tones today. And of course, we have this beautiful uh, new boom mic. You see, it's, it's from the Rode company. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. So welcoming a few new friends here again. Um, <laughs> says Hannah says, your new purchases feel per perfect for cel celebrating on Venus's day. Yes, right? I've got Venus's color on. This is, sorry, forgive me for my Taurus moon, going Taurus moon today, because when I find things that I love, I'm going to shout it from the, the hilltops. This is a hoodie from a company called Ohu, O-H-O-O, and it's a slim fit, and it's very lightweight, and I love it, and it, it just feels so good. I've had a hoodie that I've been wearing, a green hoodie, for about... 30 years <laughs> like, that's another Taurus thing where you find something you like you you'll wear it until it's like threadbare and um i love that hoodie with every inch of my being it's sort of like that adam sandler song where he's like red hooded sweatshirt well i was i was doing that with the green hooded sweatshirt um but i found one that i that i really like here and i went and ordered like four more of them in different colors so you'll you'll be seeing the different ohu hoodie uh colors <laughs> on the channel um okay so Lynn is here. Hello, Lynn, signing in from Vermont. Alley Cat is here. Hello, Alley Cat. Uh, Mad Hippie's Life, Deb is here, uh, joining from a, uh, the car, doing a small hike. Good, get some motion in today. My new chair isn't here yet, so <laughs> I, can't, I can't gush about my new bouncy office chair yet, but uh, yeah, that'll, that'll come in due time. Maud is here from Quebec, Canada. Nice to see you, Maud. Everybody's giving me the chilly faces. It's cold out there, huh? Um, Cosmic uh, Animal is here from Kansas. Hello, friend. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Lynn says Astronomical Emoke is on February 4th this year in the U.S. Eastern Time. Okay, good. So we're, we didn't miss it yet. That, that'll be tomorrow. This is a thing of mine because, you know, Saturn. All right. So let's, we'll have some discussions on that today because, uh, I, I, I'm having a new interest. Whenever my mind gets a, a light on a new interest, um, <laughs> you'll see probably 20 books in a stack about it. And I'll just uh, be like, oh, I'm really excited about this. So I love when a new passion and new interest gets ignited. Uh, Carolyn Perkins is here from Central California. Nice to see you on a sailboat in Monterey Bay. That's fun. I wish I was on a sailboat right now. Uh, Tanya is here. The Finnish fan club is here. Hello. Oh, let's see. Stella rendition. Okay, I already said hello. Uh, Illis J is here as well. I'm um, saying attention to microphone quality is very appreciated on the listeners on my end, in my opinion. Well, I also have a new microphone cable that's hooked up to my mic today because this new microphone boom did not come with the cable. So I'm using one of my fancier mic cables that I used when I performed gigs. So maybe that is hopefully even improving sound quality even further. Um, let's see, let's see. Darren is here. Hello, D. Nice to see you, friend. And Janet Goodspeed is here. She, Janet just completed her uh, new uh, talismanic jewelry based on the tarot for the chariot. And uh, I believe there was another one. What was the other one, Janet, that you were working on? You had two really cool ones. I think it was Judgment. No, no. It was the chariot and something else. Uh, but very, very cool stuff. Uh, very, very good stuff that uh, you all should check out. Uh, what is it? Good sigil. 
Sherilyn is here. Hello, Sherilyn. Hello. Hello, Spencer and friends. So nice to join you from John Day River Valley in Eastern Oregon. Yeah, Sherilyn, you have some beautiful space out there. I remember you showed me some pictures of where you're at. Uh, just a gorgeous, gorgeous space. Okay. Friends, yes, Hannah says your Venus and Gemini is extra chatty today. You know, I'll tell you what, Hannah. I, uh, I took a I took a shower right before I went online here today, and I cleansed off all the negative energy that had been building up for a few days. And I think that just the, the cleansing power of water on a Venus day just can just make for a really good feeling. And one other thing I've been trying lately is uh, ending my showers with cold water. And that will wake you up. <laughs> it's very good for your skin. Like in the winter, your skin gets real dry. And when you, you use super hot water, it, it opens the pores to allow all the, the moisture to escape. But you end on cold, closes those pores right up. It, it you know makes your skin feel good. It's good for your hair. Just feeling really good today. So hopefully that will be contagious, that enthusiasm. Uh, Janet says, the martyr. Oh, that's right. The hanged man. Yes, he did the chariot and the hanged man. So check those out. Those are very cool um, tarot-based talismanic jewelry. Okay. All right, friends. Well, uh, hopefully my ace of wands energy. Yeah, this is, like I said, this is my card of the day. So hopefully we'll we'll share that enthusiasm and get some energy going the stirrings of emok will will this underground stirrings will start to get us inspired to do something interesting with our lives and with our time and you know we don't have to necessarily have it all figured out just yet i think that's one of the themes we'll talk about today but we might see just a little bit of movement a little bit of a you know you know the light uh, on the horizon of this winter we're at the we're really in the dead of winter and but we're getting to the point now where we're seeing we're seeing the spring on the horizon you know in in some cultures this this day emolk or the the whenever that day would be was actually considered the beginning of spring so it doesn't feel like spring in many of our locales but i think that we can start to see that okay the the ice is going to start melting soon we have some ideas that we want to put into place. We, we're, we've been taking a, a large, big picture view of what we want to do with our next cycle. And we're just getting ready. We're getting ready to, to melt some of the barriers and the boundaries that have been holding us back. Um, this, you know, we, we're in the midst, in my opinion, of a, vene uh, a malefic enclosure of the sun. And... Um, we went through a Venus malefic enclosure in the past month, and that was probably challenging. And now I'll show you on the chart when we get to all of the, 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 the ins and outs, the nitty gritty. But we may feel like we're kind of held back a little bit, but we can start to see the little movements here and there. So how do we work through that? Um, well, I think through patience. I think that we're going to have to have a balance this month or with this full moon this weekend with, you know, having a long range vision. So let's talk big picture thoughts here, having a long range vision, um, being able to feel the acknowledgement that comes from an internal place of balance and centeredness, because we might not be getting, we may not be seeing the external 
results yet. Okay, think about this with Emolk. You're not really seeing the growth uh, popping up through the snow yet, but you're not seeing the little seeds starting to burst underground, but you can feel it. You know, you can feel that there's something shifting in the air. And with this Leo new uh, full moon, we have this vision of where we want to go, what we want to do that, that takes all these different factors into account. We are hoping to see some externalization of it, but it might not be there yet. We also have Uranus in the mix with this full moon. We have Uranus exactly squaring the full moon. So there's going to be maybe a few shakeups, a few uh, shakeups to our routine where we are trying to, to incorporate something new, new resources. You can see in, in my world, I've got Uranus right on my natal moon, um, trining a bunch of stuff in my second house. So I've been trying to renew myself through some of the tools that I use and some of the adornments that, that make me feel good. Um, you know, there's within reason, you know, getting a new piece of clothing or something can really, it can change your mindset. It can change your, your self, uh, you know, self image. And if we've been putting up with things that have been broken or have worn out their, their time, uh, when we feel those, those renewals, it can really give us a burst of energy. And I think that that's part of this sun Uranus square as well is how do we incorporate the new tools? How do we incorporate the new resources or view them in a way that is uh, in service of the whole? So those are some of the big picture thoughts that I have before we dive into the chart here. Um, a couple other announcements before we kind of go into the nitty gritty. I'm so grateful for all of you here today. We have some amazing folks in the chat. Uh, I love your contributions. Do me a favor, friends. If you can like this video, that will help us with the, the algorithm. If you're new to the channel, welcome, friend. Please subscribe and turn on those notifications. If you want to know when I'm going to go live, you can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, that will get you updates a few days in advance, a week in advance of when I'm going to go live, updates with new classes and offerings and things of that nature as well. I do have a sale right now on the Aquarius Deccans that's going to go until the 18th of February. So if you are really vibing with the, the tarot, the fixed stars, the, the planetary Deccans, the myths, um, I have all of that wisdom consolidated in two and a half to three hour lectures for each particular sign on the store on my website. So you can check it out there. So again, 20% off of that. You can find that. I also, I'm going to be doing a free talk. Uh, for the Nightlight Astrology Winter Speaker Series on February the 12th at noon. So the day of the Super Bowl, I'm going to be talking about stars and cards. So I'm mean, talking about how to incorporate the tarot into your astrological practice. So it's just building on some of the work that I've been doing in the past, but I have some new insights. I've been diving deeper into the tarot as well. That's been another one of my um, explorations of late in addition to trying to learn about the cross holidays, the, the pagan holidays, the, the ancient Druid culture and Celtic myths. That's another area of interest. Um, but the tarot, you know, I, I've been really learning about the Deccans for about four years now. But I think there's even, there's even more depth to go into. I, I'm nervous because I'm starting to uh, have an eye for new tarot decks. <laughs> I feel like I know the Rider weight fairly well. Like, there's always more to learn, but I'm, I feel comfortable with the, the Rider weight now. 
where I'm starting to be like, oh, maybe there's another cool deck with some new art. And I know that that could turn into like, you know, one deck could turn into 50. So I have to be careful with that. Um, but that being said, if you want to contribute to, to my tarot, newly forming tarot deck addiction, you can make a donation to this show uh, with a dollar sign in the chat. It's called a super chat or a super sticker, or you can make a donation at buymeacoffee.com. Okay, let me look through the chat here. Let's see. Let's see. Hannah says, I'm here for it, friend. Your happiness is contagious. Well, good. I hope I can spread, spread some good, good cheer out into the world. I think we need that. Uh, Rachel says, our ancestors would laugh with us with our comforts and central heating and now needing deliberate cold exposure as well. Yeah, right? I, we've become soft, haven't we? We, we need to kind of toughen up with, with having some cold and, and grounding ourselves. I live on the second floor of a very old house, and that's one of the challenges I've been trying to work out is how do I ground myself regularly living on the second floor? And part of that is through water, through taking a shower. Um, I'm open to other ideas if people have other ideas. I even tried to to rig up this like uh, grounding device that you plugged into your your grounded outlet at one point. I, I don't know if it worked, but uh, it was it was it was a, an interest of mine. And uh, I'm also curious about how to ground my cats, who are indoor cats, but they never really touch the earth. So how do we ground them out? Uh, anyway. There's, these are the Venus and Gemini musings that you'll get at the Spencer Michelle Astrology Channel. Uh, Lori is here. Hello, Lori. Lori says, pagan holidays have been mostly reinvented circa the 1950s. Historically, cross quarters are a combo of sun and moon. Sun, 10 to 15 degrees of fixed signs along with the full moon lonation. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely, you know, they're going to morph over the course of, you know, history over the course of different cultures becoming aware of them and whatnot. Um, but yes, I like the, the 15 degree sections, the middle of a sign where we're marking out these kind of turning points within the wheel of the year. Uh, Rachel says, I always think of February as introducing spring, the snowdrops, brighter evenings, and my birthday. Well, happy birthday, Rachel. Hopefully you are uh, being properly celebrated during this month of February. Another Rachel is here, Rachel Fletcher. Hello, happy February, everyone. Uh, welcome, friend. Uh, KP1231 is joining us from Cleveland. Okay. Uh, Lynn says, oh, look out for that. There are so many cool decks out there. Yes, I have to be careful, right? I mean, you can get hundreds of decks and spend millions of dollars on this. You have to, like, with every new interest, I've learned as a fire rising, there is this burst of enthusiasm, and then you have to get real with it. You know, you have to say, okay, what's the reality? What is the where where does the where do you draw the the lines the boundaries and things of that nature so every once in a while i'll get a a, a fiery idea and then i have to say okay i'm going to follow that for a little bit and then i have to like take a deep breath have some patience with it i think that's a good way to to go through your life if you're if you're someone like me uh ally cat says do you have a toth deck yet i do have a toth deck that's actually one of the the uh that was the second one of the second i think it was the second deck that i bought I, i've been working with the rider weight um i have a few decks that were gifted to me um i have a benabel wen's new deck and i do have the toth deck that is on my shelf because um one of my favorite uh card slingers t susan chang uh, talks a lot about the toth deck in her in her fortunes wheelhouse podcast and i thought i should have one of those to to work with so yeah that's a good call 
Um, okay, Rachel says, I can't recommend the Deccans of Aquarius webinar high enough. It gave me a whole new perspective on the sign. Well, thank you, Rachel. And I hope that that brought you some clarity being an Aquarius native. Um, I'm just trying to add some, some knowledge and channel some wisdom out into the collective and Mostly these are my explorations and just sharing my journey and sharing the things that I'm learning. So I am so, so grateful that people are finding those, those useful. Oh, Janet says, uh oh, be careful about the deck addiction. It's a damn slippery slope. I know everybody's going to chime in and be like, oh, I've got a, a whole bedroom full of decks now. <laughs> like, I, have to, I know I have to be careful with this. I have my eye on the Druid Oracle animal and plant decks. Uh, I've been fascinated by ancient Druid mythology and learning more about um, the, the ancient mythology of Ireland and of those, those areas of the world and learning about plant uh, spirituality, plant medicine, and, and more animal spirituality. I, as a, as a, as a Taurus moon, I really connect with, um, with nature and I, I want to feel more embodied as I go forward with my life, I think the pandemic has taught me that it's very easy to get disconnected to, to nature, to others. And I think as we move forward and we, we move more into these air-like spaces, it's gonna be even more important to ground ourselves in nature, in, uh, in water, in earth. Um, you know, I have plans to make a pollinator garden this year. And I think that's gonna really help me get my hands in the dirt again and like, and feel like I'm contributing something to the bees and the birds and, and just doing my own part on my own little patch of land. I think that that's, um, I think it's really important moving forward. And I think that as a collective, we need to figure out ways to, to stay connected in that level so that we don't just completely leave our bodies. I think that's one of the things that I'm seeing coming up with, with Saturn and Pisces and Pluto and Aquarius is we have to be careful because I think we're heading into a time in, in history where we're, we're just, we're gradually uploading all of our minds, thoughts, uh, humanity, our, just the way of being human into this, this amorphous cloud. And we'll be asking ourselves questions. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be embodied? What do we do with these bodies? And how do we stay connected to each other in that way, in a, in a healthy way? Okay. Oh, do, do, do. Allie says, Toth is a must-have, in my opinion, in the Book of Toth, Libra 772. Yes, I have the Book of Toth. I have the, the blue Book of Toth, the Aleister Crowley Book of Toth. I don't know if I have the Libra 777. I'll have to check that one out. That's a good recommendation, though. Good call. Silent Murmur is here. says, rubber grounds electrical charge. Okay, so maybe I need a rubber mat underneath my feet when I'm doing these live streams. Would that, would that be helpful? Do they make things like that where you can get like a rubber mat to ground yourself while you're staying connected with this electrical equipment. I, I, I seem to remember there's things of that nature, but that's, a, that's another good call. This is why I put it out to the collective. Uh, Rachel says, I keep a ton of rocks in my upstairs office collected from the coast here, but that might just be all Saturn activity in my chart. Well, Rachel, I'm surrounded by rocks right now. I have a, a ton of them on my desk. Some, really, my, some of my favorites are this giant chunk of malachite that I think I've showed some of you before, this was a gift from my friend Shannon Aganza, which is also part of the amalgamation in the stone that I have that I wear on my pendant. 
the other being lapis lazuli, which I have a lot of on my desk as well. This is the, this big chunk I have of lapis lazuli, which is also in this amalgamation. And that's the stone that I, I hold in my hands when I'm talking. It just helps me focus. I don't know. It's, it's sort of my little Dumbo magic feather when I'm doing these, these talks. I'm a, big, I'm a big crystal collector. I used to go to these trade shows. I, I think I've mentioned that before, but I miss those. Those are something that I would like to be able to go to again and just search around and treasure hunt a little bit. Um, let's see. Ooh, uh, Cosma Shiva Galaxina is here. Hello. I think this is Yevgen. It says, quiet moment nuggets for grounding your pats. Cats, I think that would say. It's <laughs> quiet, quiet moment nuggets. Is that, a, is that a thing? It's funny that you mentioned Terra Obsession. I just purchased a blank deck. Okay. Uh, yeah, so recommendations for grounding your cats in a two-story building, right? Maybe we need to get them a rubber thing to sleep on or something so that they could release some of their inflammation. Um, okay. Carol says, the Druid deck is very Taurus art. You'd love it. It's my favorite. Yeah, I have I have the the online or the, the digital versions of them on my phone. And I, I really, I love the art. I've been starting to pull a, a Druid card every day. Uh, today I got the Swan, which talks about the relationship with Angus and his mate, where he turned himself into a swan to be with his 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 soulmate. Um, so I thought that was a, a an interesting thing for the day. Um, it sort of reflects the, one of the animals that we have for our Leo new moon, a full moon, excuse me. Um, but yes, it is it is beautiful. I, I, that's why I've been like, oh, I, I hope I don't get too addicted to these decks because. I'm seriously considering getting the Druid Animal and the Druid uh, Plant deck, which I believe are actually two separate decks. People are saying that the cards are really big. Um, is that true? I don't know if there's a smaller version of it, but um, yeah, I guess it would be fun to have those cards. Maybe we could pull one of those as part of our divination moving forward as well. All right, we're getting some really nice comments here. Silent Murmur says, you could put a rubber mat or vinyl tile with rubber layer under the bed cushion so it transfers the static charge from the air and fur to the rubber without even plugging into an outlet. Ooh, good. Okay. Mat or vinyl tile and rubber layer under the bed cushion. Oh, I like that. Okay, so rubber seems to be one of the solutions here. Um, yeah, we're, I have wood floors, so we, we do have a lot of wood in the house. Um, but yeah, I, I've definitely been feeling the inflammation, and I'm, I'm worried about these cats because they're, they're big boys. They're, they're Maine Coon mixes, and they weigh about between 15 and 18 pounds and a lot of those big cats have hip issues as they get older and I'm, I'm having hip issues so you know being able to ground all that inflammation out somewhere would be really helpful so thank you for these advice uh this advice today um yeah illis j says malachite matches the hoodie yes i'm all coordinated today i love this hoodie i love green i feel so good in green uh so this is a little bit of a brighter green that I'm used to wearing, but I like it. It's, it's working for me. And uh, I like these hoodies so much, I, I ordered a navy one and a burgundy one. I think those are my like spirit colors, navy, burgundy, and green. I just ordered a rug that has some of those colors. And um, my new chair will be uh, teal. <laughs> so I'll just be marinating in these earthy colors. Uh, let's see. Cold water brings some endorphins if you can stand it. Yeah, Dina, it does. It just, it makes you feel really good. I think that's 
the vibe that you're getting from me today is I just like finished my shower cold and all the endorphin rushes, the happy chemicals are just coming out. Uh, Silent member says it helps a lot to keep the static charge out of the air and then don't drag feet on the carpet. Also spraying water into the air spreads the charge out so it won't spark. Okay, good. And yes, I do have cat grass. Hey, Nancy, that's a good call. I do have cat grass for them. Um, okay. All right, friends. Well, we've gone on a little bit of a, a, a journey. I love spending time with all of you and I love all of these suggestions. This is the the uh, the reason that I do these things live so that we can have, I can hear your thoughts, I can get all these suggestions and we can kind of hive mind some of these things that we're going through. So friends, thank you for your suggestions with the uh, grounding energy, uh, taking care of my little fur babies. I'll have to have them uh, make an appearance at some point on the on the channel. I don't let them into this room that much because there's some plants in here that are sort of poisonous and they get real curious about the the outlets that the Wi-Fi is plugged into. <laughs> so that wouldn't be the best thing to do. Um, okay. So let's talk, let's let's look at the chart of this this moon. Okay. And let's break it down. So great suggestions. Uh, great suggestions for tarot, for grounding, for you know, keeping our, ourselves healthy with the cold showers. You never know what you're going to get on the Spencer Michelle Astrology live stream. Speaking of live streams, forgive me for one more small digression. After watching this Vox Machina show on Amazon, which is a cartoon based on Dungeons and Dragons and the Critical Role group, I started watching their actual live streams on, on YouTube and realize that they have seven years worth of playing Dungeons and Dragons live in front of an audience. They, they had a live stream on, they do it live on Thursdays, Thursday nights. And I started watching this last night at like 10 PM, the, the, you know, which is pretty late for me. Um, and uh, realizing that there's seven years worth of material <laughs> that they go through. I mean, they're so talented, but uh, that's another thing where it's like, oh boy, that's another rabbit hole to go down. Okay, so great, great comments here. Let's take a look at this chart. And, and if you have other suggestions, put them in the channel and I'll try to keep up with them and look at them after the fact as well. Um, and if you have any questions about the, you know, all the things we're talking about today or the chart or the astrology, I'd be happy to, to go through that with you as well. All right, friends. So we are looking at the full moon in Leo, second decan of Leo. We have the sun uh, co-present with Saturn, making an opposition to the moon in the second decan of Leo. So full moons are always oppositions between the sun and the moon. So there are two, two one thing in particular that is really standing out to me about this full moon, and that's the square with Uranus. So let's break it down decanically. Let's take a look at some of the conditions of these planets. And, um, you know, let's, let's see what we're experiencing here. First of all, I do want to throw this out there as a question for the collective. How are you experiencing or are you experiencing the malefic enclosure of the sun? Because that's another feature in addition to the square with Uranus that I think is important with this particular time frame. Now, what is a malefic enclosure, you may ask? Well, let me tell you, friends, 
A malefic enclosure is when uh, a planet, such as the sun here, makes a contact with a malefic like Mars, like it did on January the 31st. It made a trine with Mars. And then it is applying to another malefic or the rays or the bodily conjunction of a, a malefic planet are on either side of a planet. So in this case, we have Mars casting its ray at 11 degrees of Gemini to 11 degrees of Aquarius via trine. And then the sun is applying to Saturn uh, at 26 degrees of Aquarius here. Sometimes a planet will intervene by casting its own ray to break up the malefic enclosure. Now we had this debate on Adam Ellenboss's Nightlight Astrology channel about whether Uranus could break this up. If we're using a traditional technique, I would say that I would lean towards uh, not including the traditional planet in the breakup. That's up for debate though. Uh, your mileage may vary with that. I would say, think about your experience of it. Uh, but we don't really see any of these planets breaking it up. The, the moon might be giving us temporary relief here and there. But what I want to ask, and what I want you to maybe meditate on with this is, what is going on in both the Aquarius area of your chart, okay, and the Leo area of your chart? Because the, the sun is providing material and resources for the Leo topic from the topic of Aquarius. So there will be some tension between those. And the sun is already in its exile or in a, in a place that it's not, it's not naturally comfortable. It's in the house of Saturn. It's in a place of darkness. It's in a place of boundary and limitation. It's in a place of, of death. So, you know, we, we generally consider the sun a planet of vitality, of light, a planet that is related to uh, becoming an individual point of consciousness, whereas Saturn requires us sometimes to maybe think more collectively, to think about how our actions affect others. Maybe we don't get exactly what we want on a personal level, but we may have... Uh, we may uh, need to do, quote-unquote, the, the altruistic thing for the good of the whole. So, uh, the sun, like I said, the sun's already in a challenging position. It's already feeling like we're a stranger in a strange land. But then when you add the malefic enclosure in, uh, we may feel a little stuck. And the I Ching demonstrates this perfectly. I, I, I got the hexagram number 12, and we'll talk about that, but that's roughly translates to standstill. I'll talk about it more, but it feels very much like a, a, an enclosure. Now, there's a caveat with this. Um, I think that it is a trine from Mars, and it is co-present with Saturn. It would be worse if we had an opposition and a square that we were feeling. So I think that even though we feel stuck, it might not be the, the worst possible you know, feeling. It may not be the worst possible situation. It may just feel like, oh, we're just, we're still trying to figure out how to move forward. And I'm seeing some really good comments come up in the chat. So I'm going to take a look at that real quick here. Rachel tells us to add root vegetables to our meals is also very grounding. Ooh, that's a good idea. 
I need to eat more beets. <laughs> like I eat carrots and other types of vegetables, but I think beets need to get back into my diet. These block rocking beets. Um, these 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 inflammation beating beets. Remco is here. Hello, Remco. Nice to see you again, friend. Joining us from the Netherlands. Nice to have you here. Uh, Remco is asking whether you use any orb for enclosures to both malefics. That's a good question. This was uh, Remco. Adam was talking about this too. He says that there are some authors that talk about a seven-degree orb with the malefic enclosure. Although I did not find that in Demetra George's Ancient Astrology and Theory and Practice book. Um, it might be in there, and I may have missed it. But some authors talk about an, an orb uh, with seven degrees. Others do not. So that's a good that's a good question. Cosmic Animal says, does being under the beams mitigate Saturn or the enclosure at all in this case? Hmm. The sun being, so Saturn being under the beams. That's a good question too. I think that Saturn would be less harmed by being under the beams of the sun by being in its own sign. So I think that that is one thing we need to consider with this. So because Saturn is in Aquarius, that, that gives it a condition called being in the chariot. And the ancient chariots uh, were vehicles that had awnings that would protect you from the sun. So think about like, like Saturn is being shielded. I'm not sure that the sun is being protected, although it is co-present with its host right now. And that, that can be a little bit of a better relationship. Like there are resources that Saturn can provide for the sun. But again, those aren't the resources that the sun is, you know, most desiring of. Saturn is saying, think objectively, uh, where the sun generally can be associated with subjectivity. Uh, Saturn says, think about the long term. The sun says, I, I want to live in the moment. Uh, so, so it's a little bit uncomfortable. doesn't mean we can't be effective. It just means that we have to do things in a little bit of an unorthodox way. This is some of the reason why we get those unorthodox significations with Aquarius placements. Much of it is due to the exile of the sun. Okay, let's see. Yevgen says, sun will be on my palace, Athena, and the moon, and my Isis and Leo. Uranus will try in my natal moon. Ooh, you got a lot going on there, friend. A lot going on. Uh, Rachel says, yes, I've noticed this enclosure between the eighth and second house in my chart. So, Rachel, I'm assuming that's where Leo and Aquarius axis would be. So, yes, I think that, um, good, that's good to see that there's other folks that are kind of experiencing this. I know, I know that's probably not fun, but I'm, again... I'm curious about the the technique itself and if the technique works. And yes, we've got to live through the experiences, but when a, when we find a technique that works, then that will prepare us for the lived experience, I think a little bit better sometimes if we can see it coming and say, yes, that's that's something we should be paying attention to and how do we deal with that? Um Okay, silent members got, they've got all the grounding techniques. I love it. Misting your plants once or twice daily or spraying your clothes or face a bit also grounds electrical charge so you don't become a heat sink. Oh, good. I don't know how well my cats would enjoy being sprayed. They actually don't like being sprayed with a spray bottle, but yes, I probably, maybe I should just like, I have one of those like, like gloves that you can pet them or groom them with, with little, little like rubber 
you know, they're not like sharp. They're little rubber spikes that you can groom them with. Maybe you spray a little water on that and get them a little wet like you're grooming them. Maybe that would help. LSJ says, enclosure, this Arctic ice wave over the USA. Yes, yes, good, good, good catch there, LSJ. Yeah, we're, we're just, the sun is having difficulty bringing that warmth and vitality. It's being held in check, right? Exactly. Stefan, the Jupiterian is here, helping this full Leo full moon will help you get your groove back. Okay, well, I, I hope so too. Um, okay, 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 looking, looking for comments, comments. Carol's been making shredded raw beet, carrot, and apple salad. Ooh, that sounds good, Carol. That sounds good. I'm going to make some of that. Uh, Silent Murmurs just got all the all the recommendations. Drinking water also grounding as it neutralizes acidic pH. Remember, electrical charge is protons, which are acidic. Well, I've got a big glass of water right here. I uh, Definitely, that's my drink of choice. Sometimes my other, I will drink some mate tea. Uh, if I need a little boost, and then every once in a while I'll eat the, drink these, eat drink, I'll eat drink, <laughs> these little protein shakes to keep me going. But yeah, water is an, an important part of my diet for sure. I've been eating, my lunch has consisted of some apple slices, some Dubliner grass-fed cheese, a handful of almonds, and some white mulberries with a little bit of sauerkraut. So that's my little like charcuterie lunch that I've been doing, which I've been really enjoying lately. That's been really giving me life. Okay. Silent Murmur says, maybe the internal sun is being protected like the candle in the lantern illuminating the darkness. Ooh, that's a good observation. That feels very emulk, right? That feels very like in the belly, which is what emulk traditionally uh, means it's it was the time of year where the ewes or the or the sheep were pr were pregnant, and maybe it's also related to Saint Bridget, which is a a, a fire goddess, right, or a fire deity, and um, I, I like that where maybe we're holding this little spark and and protecting it so that it can finally get to a completion, right? So maybe we can use this malefic enclosure to protect our light. I, I love that. That's a good. It's a very good observation. Um, man, this is the silent murmur show. And I love what what is this picture you have here? That's a nice little teal kind of thing. I love that color. Maybe due to our lantern, the internal sun is liberated by expression through matter being made possible. Okay, good, 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 good. Rachel says, doing some stretches outside in your bare feet. Oh, well, Rachel, do you have snow where you're at? <laughs> I do. That's that's a good reminder of to get up and do some stretches. This is another, this is probably a good time in the show to get up, stretch your legs, move around a little bit. I've been trying to do that more and model uh, this, this behavior as I get into my 40s. It's important to move our bodies, get grounded, drink some water, shake it out. Does it sound better today? I feel like the sound I've, the sound feels better in my headphones today. Maybe it's this new microphone cable, but it feels like the sound is clearer, like there's less static for some reason. I don't know. I'm, I'm digging it. Maybe it's just my mood, but uh, this I'm, is, I hope it sounds as good out there as it does in my in my ears today. Okay. Rachel says, I used to make a Bridget's Cross each year on February 1st. It's very easy and you can hang it. Uh, in your office. Oh, very cool. Do you do that? It's it's made out of straw. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I've been I've been doing some research. I, I'm open to your favorite books to learn more about how to celebrate these cross holidays and learn about the mythology. I'm a book collector, and I there's this series of books that has been advertised to me because they can tell I've been searching for this, but I'm not sure if they're the the best versions. There's just a whole set with all the cross holidays, but. If there's authors that you like, if there's, I know John Michael Greer has a lot of stuff about, I believe that's his name. Uh, he had a, he did a version of the Picatrix and he also uh, teaches Druid lore. Um, but if you have other authors that you like, there's another guy named Philip Carr Grom, I think, who, who he's the one who, who made that Oracle deck. I've been looking at his books and seeing if I should take the dive with some of that. Uh, Rachel says, those crosses are made of rushes. Rachel says, the sound is nicer, and I'm pretty sensitive to that kind of, oh, good. That's exciting. That is very exciting that we're even upgrading the sound quality even further. I'm into it. Okay. Um, so let's, let's refocus here. Uh, so we, we're, we were breaking down the malefic enclosure of the sun, which is one of the features of our of our full moon of the time that we're going through here um we also just for future reference mercury will be going through the same uh relationship with mars and saturn that both venus and the sun have gone through as well so that's going to be happening starting on february the 22nd so i get if you're in america or wherever maybe do your taxes before february 22nd or wait until after march 2nd to start doing them because mercury to me is related to like commerce and fig facts and figures i think that uh you know we're, we might be feeling that in the gemini and virgo areas of our life at the end of the month okay so we've got the malefic enclosure it will end once the sun conjoins with saturn so that is happening on the 16th of February. So if you're feeling stuck in the Leo and Aquarius area of your life, you probably will get some closure. You probably start moving on from those particular challenges uh, at the 16th. And then you're going to have to gear up for the, the challenge that Mercury is going to go through. You already live through the Venus malefic enclosure at the end of January. You are already in the midst of the solar one. Okay, these are all temporary things. It sounds worse than it is, I think. For some people, it is a very challenging time. I've had some clients that have been going really going through it. I have, you know, if you're if you're a Leo sun out there, like you're probably feeling it pretty intensely with the sun. Your host of your particular uh, light is in exile and in malefic enclosure. So hang in there, Leo friends out there. This too shall pass. Um, we are also seeing the moon in the Deccan of Leo that is associated with the Six of Wands. So let's start looking at some of the tarot associated with this. We've got the, we'll look at the Deccans with the, the sun, the square with Uranus, and the moon here. Um, before we even get to that, we, we do have Mercury heading into a conjunction with Pluto. So there may be some, some uh, organizational things that uh, you need to deal with, like uh, how you uh, handle your responsibilities, how you administrate your authority, 
uh, and maybe how you utilize your resources. There may be some challenges coming with that, with the Mercury coming into conjunction with Pluto. The good news is that Venus is exalted right now. So even though we had a really difficult period of time with Venus a few weeks ago, you know, she should be doing pretty well right now. I, I've been feeling pretty good about Venusian things. Again, like, you know, this is a great time for, you know, adornments. Um, what I will say about Venus and Pisces and this, this chart, and just this, this time period. Oftentimes, we think we want something, and Aphrodite has a better plan for us. I don't know if it's something in my chart, or, or if it's a Venus and Pisces type of thing, but I will often uh, think that I will, I will order one particular thing, and then it won't turn out to be the right thing, and I'll get kind of upset about it, and have to send it back, and then it'll be the right thing. This happened with this mic boom arm. I ordered one, that was really nice, but it just wouldn't bend the right way. And the, the whole arm was like in the shot of the video. And that was very unappealing. So I sent it back and got this other one that was, is actually just way nicer and way better and, and much more functional. Um, same thing happened with my chair uh, and with these rugs that I, I originally got a few months ago. Like I, I got a color that I didn't like and I sent it back. And the one that I got uh, after it was just, oh, I just was so in love with it. So I think with Venus and Pisces, allow the things that will that you fall in love with to to happen. You don't have to force it. And even if you make a, a quote unquote a mistake, this is something that I'm learning that I think is a really important piece of wisdom. Don't get too upset about the, the the quote unquote mistake. Oftentimes, that's just helping you get closer to what is really uh, a part of your heart and what you really will fall in love with. And this is true for relationships too. It's for it's true for jobs. It's true for any experiences where, when you experience something that you you don't like, it starts to help you understand what would make you happy. And I think with Venus and Pisces, that's how she's working. She's saying, you know what? The, let go of your expectations. Let me bring you the most wonderful thing, and don't dictate the terms. This is. This is what happens when we have Venus in Virgo, it's fall, is oftentimes Venus in Virgo says it has to be this certain way. And that sometimes blocks the energy of, of, of Aphrodite to be able to, to attract that which is in your best interest. So allow it to happen at this point. And again, Venus in Pisces is also bringing us the beauty of, of water and the cleansing, cathartic energy that comes with with taking a bath or a shower or grounding ourselves outside or things of that nature. So I just wanted to put it out there with all the challenges that we have with the sun and malefic enclosure, with the opposition, with the moon and the square with Uranus, we really do have some beautiful Venusian energy right now. And I think that's sort of a, a, a saving grace within this whole chart. Okay. Um, okay. Other parts of the chart. Jupiter is in Aries. Jupiter is encouraging us to make new starts, to learn new things, to individuate. Again, we may be feeling the stirrings that want us to move forward right now, but we're still waiting for the, the, the match of the spring equinox. I think that once we see the spring equinox happening and then the Jupiter Kazemi that happens, you know, a few weeks after the, the equinox, um, you're really going to see that interest, that passion, that individuation start to take off. 
So we're still in the planning stages right now. And that's really important to be patient with yourself around that, okay? And then, of course, Mars has been in Gemini forever. And uh, we are trying to eliminate options and eliminate distractions. We, we need to explore, but for the specific purpose of saying, this doesn't work for me. This, we need to let go of this. This is something that we can uh, cut out of our life. So do the explorations, but then don't be afraid to make a choice. And again, the choice that you make can, even if it, it doesn't turn out the way that you envision, can lead you to the choice that will make you happy in the long run. I think that's very important. All right, I'm going to look at the chat here. Uh, do, 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 do. Mm, the chat song, dude. This is me reading the chat. <laughs> Kate Louise says, yes, Leo Sun here. Being a silent hero in my own story right now. Oh, Kate. Well, I'm a Leo rising, so I, I feel you. Um, I'm just experiencing the malefic enclosure as I have a lot of work to do. And there's certain things, there's certain interests that I want to be able to pursue right now. But I have other responsibilities that I need to do first. And sometimes that feels like like you're trapped in it, um, but it's not really. You just have to shift perspectives a little bit. Like I have a, a, a lot of work to do still, I think, for that for that webinar that's coming up. But because my I tend to to I think I over prepare for things, and I, I think part of my Venus and Pisces lesson is not necessarily having to do that every single time. Uh, but, you know, you want to put your best best foot forward when you have a responsibility. And th what that means is that some of these other, you know, ace of wands, new passions, I might have to put those on the back burner for a little while while I take care of the things that I've already committed to. And that is okay, right? That's just one way to experience a malefic enclosure of the sun if it's your first house ruler, in my case, the example of that. You have responsibilities that you have to take care of before you can follow that passion. Although the tarot is still my passion. So, you know, it's just one, a, a slightly older passion, <laughs> like, right? A slightly, an idea that was sparked maybe a little bit longer ago. And, and th that's the challenge with Leo is that sometimes we want to, we want to follow what we're passionate about right now. And Saturn says, nope, you know, you made a commitment to this. You need to, to do the thing to carry something to completion of what you started in the past. And that sometimes can feel heavy. That can feel like a heavy burden and responsibility. But when you shift your perspective and realize that every beginning, right, you felt this passion in the beginning. And it, really what we're learning here is delayed gratification. Okay, let's... This is something that's very difficult for us to, to deal with in our society now because we have this like desire to get everything instantaneously. We can press a button and we can have, uh, you know, clothes tomorrow. We can have new new things delivered to our doorstep. We can, if we need some dopamine, we can go on social media and get, get a like or something like that or watch a video or we can play a video game. We have snacks and all these things. And it's it's difficult, I think, for us in these modern societies where we've been trained. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. We, we are trained by late stage capitalism to, to feed the dopamine beast, right? They're, they are literally training marketers to tap into that desire so that you keep buying things and you keep doing things of that nature. Now, I, I have mixed feelings about 
you know, materialism and things like that. I'm allowing myself a few new things, which is hard for me. Um, but I think that it's okay to like take care of yourself, right? Within reason. Uh, but again, delayed gratification is what is needed during Aquarius season. And that might be part of the challenge with this full moon, okay? Is you might want to do something that is reflective of your passion, uh, that is reflective of a, a new spark of an idea, Jupiter here too, but you've got these responsibilities. You know, you've got to got to wait. And this may be shaking your routine up a little bit with uh, the sun square Uranus here, okay? You may have to utilize your resources in a slightly different way. Okay. Let's see here. Allie says, I'm just going back through. I'm making torches right now. Got to help keep that fire going strong. Oh, cool. I say a prayer to Hestia every morning. This is kind of my, that's, that's my hearth fire goddess that I work with and I always ask her to help me pass on sacred wisdom and keep the flame of the flame of wisdom alive and help me be a channel for that wisdom. Hannah says, I thought the only appropriate way to do taxes is the week before the deadline in a panic. <laughs> yes. Oh, I've done that many times, Hannah. I wouldn't recommend it though. As I get older, I'm realizing that that type of stress ages you. And, um, the more we can tap into our inner Saturnian delayed gratification slash, you know, pranoia, foresight, and thinking ahead and doing it a little bit at a time, the better, I think. It's, it's hard, though. I, I will admit, when you have multiple responsibilities in your life, professionally, with your family, with your, I don't know, self-care, um, oftentimes we have to prioritize and then things will be put on the back burner. If it, if it isn't immediate, we, we say, okay, I can't deal with that today. Right. And it, sometimes it can be very difficult to figure out what is the most important priority and what isn't, especially when we have projects that we, where we underestimate the time that they might take. So, you know, working ahead can be really good with that. I feel like I'm in a constant, effort to buy myself some free time like i try to work ahead work ahead work ahead so i buy myself some free time but my problem is i keep filling the space that i create with new things to do that are new responsibilities and i think that what would be healthy eventually for myself and for the collective is leave the space space don't feel like you have to fill every single space that you create by working ahead um, if you're inspired to fill that space more power to you but I think that there is some some wisdom in just letting things lie for for a, a period of time, just just to recharge your nervous system on some level. Ali says, "How else is Demeter going to see well enough to find Persephone and bring back the spring?" Exactly. This for the torches. Good good point, Ali. The torches of uh, Demeter going to find Persephone, the maiden of spring. I like that. Good good stuff there. Okay. Silent Murmur says, we remain in self-control when we yield, while surrender can be self-disempowering, for example. Yeah, there, the I Ching talks about this a lot. Like, there is definitely times to practice stillness. I, I got this hexagram not too long ago, number 52, which is the mountain, and learning how to still the mind and 
you know, f- exactly what I was talking about, where you don't necessarily have to do anything. You just, you just can be. And if you do that con- consciously, you're right. That is uh, a, a, a sense of self-control instead of um, feeling like you're a victim of that circumstance. You can choose to be still rather than just having it forced upon you by burning yourself out, right? Let's see. Such good comments. Carolyn says, I have Leo rising with Saturn in the first and woke up feeling very serious this morning. Not just somber, but big responsibility now. Yeah, probably a lot of things that are coming together, a confluence of events with this uh, full moon in our angular houses, Carolyn. Silent Murmur is expanding on their self-control thought. Uh, That is to say, instead of viewing our circumstances surrender, we should just flip it around to our most advantageous view possible. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mercy in yielding. Okay. And Ali is saying, I've been cooking meals on a cast iron skillet in my hearth recently with the help of Hestia. Ooh, good. That's a great way to embrace the, the deity using that fire to cook and to provide sustenance. Okay. All right. Let's go back to the chart. And I, I'm trying to get to as many comments as I can. They're just, thank you so much for your comments today, everybody. Um, but let's go back to the chart for a second here. So let's let's break down these decans. I'm going to, we've looked at the chart. We've looked at the energy, the, the opposition, the square. We've broken down some of the other planets in relationship. Let's look at these cards. This is sort of some of the techniques that you would learn in the stars and cards talk that I'm going to be giving with Nightlight Astrology. And you'd be learning these with the the Deccan webinars that I I have for sale in my store as well. So we have the sun in the Deccan that is related to the Six of Swords. And you can see that a figure is being carried across a body of water. They're being punted from one shore to another. So this is a card of transition. This is a card that's ruled by Mercury. Okay, this is Mercury in Aquarius. You could think of it on that level because that's the decanic ruler. So Mercury in a Saturn ruled sign is challenging our ideas and forcing us or encouraging us to have innovative solutions to some of the challenges that we have. This card is also related and this decan is related to communication between the center and the periphery, the, the, uh, the haves and the have-nots, the, the uh, authority and the people in exile. So how can we find innovative solutions to our challenges? Where w- do we feel like we are needing to leave something behind? And to me, this Aquarius is more about, it's not always about physically leaving something behind. Oftentimes people mistake freedom for just not having any responsibilities or no commitments. As someone who has a five life path, which is related to freedom, I do not think that just uh, disregarding your responsibilities is true freedom. I've had people in my life show me this over and over again. And I've, I've tried to have this in my life at certain times where I've tried to say, oh, if I only just let go of this, then I'm free. Freedom is, a, is just another word for nothing left to lose right now. I'm sorry. That's my, 
that's my, uh, my song lyric for the day. But it's true, though. Freedom is an internal state. Freedom is a state of mind. Um, and, and this is something that, that your life can teach you. And I think that Aquarius is all about the freedom that comes through releasing limiting, limiting belief systems, releasing limiting thoughts, releasing uh, over-rationalization. And in this second decan, we're trying to use our minds to come, come up with innovative solutions, but sh to shatter the glass ceilings of our limiting beliefs. I think in Aquarius, we can see the future that we want to create. But because it's a Saturnian sign, oftentimes we, we start to bump up against these things. Well, I can't possibly do that because I, I don't know. I just don't believe that it's possible. I can see it, but that's not for me, or I can't do that. Or I, I have some limitation in my life or because of who I am and, and my circumstances or things of that nature. And I think by the end of the Aquarian decanic story, we see someone who is just finally saying, I'm going to take with me the ideas from experience that, that shape my life, that are important, that are useful. And I'm going to leave behind all that stuff that, that isn't. And I think that this full moon could be encouraging us to, to do that, to, to start moving on from a, a limiting belief, a, a story that we tell ourselves that keeps us uh, small, you know, that keeps us from embracing our potential. Um, I think that that's a, you see this a lot in the way that societies are formed as well. Some of those limitations are important. Let's, let's have a balancing point here because I, I don't agree with the, the new age type of philosophy where it says, you know, never have any limitations in your life. You know, like you're, you're limitless. On some level, that's true. Uh, when we have uh, responsibilities to each other, we can't always get everything we want when we want it. Let me say that again. You can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you get what you need, right? This is something I used to say, sing to my daughter when she wanted something in the moment. And we were learning the lesson of delayed gratification. I was like, what's the song that we sing? And she'd like murmur it under her breath because like, I can't always get what you want, but I try sometimes, get what you need. <laughs> like she, was, she was so begrudging about it. But I think that it's true. Um, I think that there is a combination in this sign of new possibilities, of looking forward, but also of sacrifice, where we have to say, okay, what do we need to give up to make that future a possibility, a real possibility? What do we need to do to contribute to the collective and the whole rather than just our own individual desires and needs? Which this, this question is going to become much more important as we move forward with Pluto moving into Aquarius. If you thought that the pandemic tested our ability to be kind to one another and take our own personal actions into account and how it affected others, with Saturn in Aquarius, get ready for Pluto to move into Aquarius because Pluto is going to detonate a, 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 a grander, I, I don't like to use the word you know, bomb with this, but it, it's going to make this much, this feeling much more intense. It's going to show us 
you know, whether we pass the test or not. My, I've been saying that Pluto and Aquarius, to me, is related to how are we going to deal with climate change? How are we going to deal with, um, you know, the collective of artificial intelligence and like putting our ideas up into a cloud and then having them be shared rather than having them be individual points of consciousness? Now, regardless of, of the, the drum that I've beat on this channel about collective responsibility, there will be challenges that will come up around how do we maintain our individual light within a culture that requires personal sacrifice? That's a tough question. You know, I don't have a great answer for that. I think that's actually part of the theme of this full moon. How do we maintain our individual consciousness, our individual rights of freedom within uh, a collective experience? Um, people are going to disagree on what, what that means. You'll have to meditate on that. Uh, but again, doing things for the good of the whole does not necessarily mean that you aren't a point of light, that you aren't a point of consciousness. And freedom doesn't mean I can do whatever the fuck I want, no matter if it hurts people or not. Okay? That doesn't, that's not what freedom is. That's just being a child. Uh, so how do we become mature adults when we're dealing with Saturnian times, uh, which we are definitely dealing with right now? So on the flip side, we see the moon in the second decan of Leo. Now, this is a homecoming. If we have someone who is leaving a, a refugee, this is a card of the refugee, where in the, in the Five of Swords, we had conflict and defeat, where someone was leaving in disgrace. They were disgusted with an injustice, or they, were, they lost a battle, and now they're going off and going into exile, going away from their home, going away from the conflict. This card is about coming home, victorious. This is a card of, it's called victory. So we're, we're trying to balance out our need to heal from potentially a challenging situation, from a defeat, and to feel celebrated for our individuality, for who we are, for our creativity. This is the card of the, the parade after a, a military general comes home successful from battle. But it's not just an exoneration of that person. The secret thing about this card is that that parade is leading a procession to a temple of Zeus. It's leading a parade to make a sacrifice to the deity that brings order and peace. So there is also a hidden theme of sacrifice in this Decan of Leo. The other thing that I would say about the, 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 the tension of these two opposite cards and the Decan of the Full Moon Sometimes it's, it's very difficult when you are in an Aquarian, Saturnian place to feel appreciated. And I think that there are probably going to be some themes of feeling unappreciated around this full moon, where you've had to make a lot of tough choices. You've had to do the altruistic thing. And we all need validation. We all desire to be acknowledged for who and what we are. Um, I think with Aquarius, there is an importance in 
being that light for yourself rather than relying on an externalized audience to give you that validation. And, you know, there is, there is even, you know, astrological material that you can use. I, I really like this Regulus oil from Sphere and Sundry. I wear this fairly often. I love them. I love, you know, I, I love the stuff that they make. And I think that um, it's good stuff. And that, that Regulus oil speaks to the ability to have self-esteem and confidence that is unreliant on external validation that is arising from just being your authentic self. And if you come into alignment with your authenticity, there's no need to try to prove that to anybody. There's no need for even people to give you feedback on it. If you are firmly grounded and rooted in your own authentic self, you can just be, you know, you don't need the applause, you don't need the parade. So I think that around this period of time, it's important to maybe, you know, give ourselves the validation that we need rather than looking for it from our communities. That's not a free pass to be abusive to other people. Like that's, I think that's the key. That's the key that I want to make here. That's the thing I want to keep hammering home is that you being your own authentic individual self should not cause harm to others. And being an individual point of light doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to others. Does that make sense? Like we should continue to listen and take other people's opinions and viewpoints into account. When we stop listening, then we become autocrats, right? So how do we listen? How do we open up on this full moon to both the, the needs of the collective, our individual needs for validation, whether it's through our own you know, self-esteem, our own self-validation, and how do we listen to our life? How do we listen to our community and try not to like get offended if someone has a different viewpoint? How do we maintain our objectivity while also shaking up the script, right? With Uranus here, let's look at this Uranus second. This is Uranus in the six of pentacles energy. So let, let's, let's just think about this planetarily. This, whoops. The Six of Swords, this is Mercury. Mercury in Aquarius, we could call it. The Six of Wands is Jupiter, Jupiter in Leo. The Six of Pentacles is the Moon, ruled Deccan in Taurus. So we are trying to ask questions and find innovative solutions to connecting the, the center and the periphery. Okay, the center, the exiled, and the, the, centri the central authority. We are also trying to harmonize, bring peace, bring together. Jupiter is a planet that brings things together. It says, through my belief, through my faith, right? Maybe your faith in yourself. You will, have that, you will be victorious if you believe in yourself, right? So we have to believe in ourselves while also asking how we can create innovative solutions. And also... How are we going to create the, uh, the generosity, the gratitude that we need 
the healthy rhythms. This card is about the, the rhythms of Taurus that are appropriate for creating success, the fertile ground. How are we going to innovate how we utilize our time, how we utilize our resources, how we utilize the ability to sow and to plant? Okay, this is one of the themes they talk about in 36 Faces, sowing and planting. Now I have the moon here, so I'm like feeling this energy. The way I've created success in my career with the moon on the midheaven, I show up and I do what's necessary and I keep showing up. And I do what's necessary and I keep showing up and I keep showing up. This is the Taurus thing. You just keep showing up for your life. You don't overdo it. You don't underdo it. You just, the consistency. Now the moon, the moon can make things fluctuate. There may be some times where you feel better than others. There may be some times where your, your light is diminishing and you need to rest. There may be some time where your light is very full and you need to express. Okay, so you're going to be working through those themes with Uranus, that Promethean energy of something new that is coming into existence. So those are some of the tensions we're going to be holding as we move through this. Uh, I am looking at the chat here. Wow, lots of comments. <clears throat> what song should I sing as I'm reading the comments? <laughs> oh, I don't know if any of you saw the advertising I did for this, but I... I've found a way to like make these like video reels on Instagram now for, to advertise to please the algorithmic gods. And I always, I consider some of that some of my art now. And I always choose uh, the songs that go along with it. And the, and the song I chose for this one was Princes of the Universe, which was uh, from the movie The Highlander by Queen, right? Well, like, I am immortal. I have inside me blood of king. And the immortality comes from the energy of the sun, the, the drive towards eternity, towards immortality. But also that song really, I think, reflected the loneliness, that movie and that song reflected the loneliness of, of immortality, which I think we could consider Saturnian and Aquarian, right? There, at the end of the day, there can be only one. And that's the lonely existence because one is the loneliest number, right? All right. Maybe it isn't, though. I, I, I think that song might be a misnomer. If you're returning to the one, that doesn't feel like it could be lonely at all. Maybe you're just returning to the, the undifferentiated awareness, and we'll talk about that when we get into Pisces. Okay. Kate says, love this talk about not filling the space with more things. I need to hear that right now. Yes. Allow for the, some space. It's really important. Really important. Um, Stephen says, I have natal Mercury in Aquarius. I've learned to challenge and ask questions. Good. I wonder, Stephen, if you have Mercury in the second decan of Aquarius, because that would give you some extra decanic dignity. And asking questions is always a great way to utilize uh, your mercurial energy. Let's see. Let's see. So many good questions. Man, I'm having to go back in time here. Uh... Let's, let's take a, yeah, remember, Edwina says, remember to stretch. I am going to stretch. And as I stretch, I'll show off my new Ohu hoodie, which is, it's slim fit, right? Right, there you go. So I'm stretching. 
take this opportunity to take your own stretch break. The thing I love about this, this hoodie, see this? Secret inner pocket. <laughs> like it's, it's those little details, right? It's those little details that, that can uh, be really just make something next level. Okay. So let's, I'm reading as I'm stretching your comments, everybody. Uh, Janet, this is going way back, friends, but like, uh, I'm sure this was like half an hour ago after my long Aquarian rants. Uh, now I have Janice Joplin in my head. Freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. Yeah, it is. I think you're right. Kate says, if Aquarius is an architect and the sun an ideal image, this is like redefining your image or narrative. Yes, exactly. And sometimes we need an objectivity to do that, right? Sometimes we need to get outside of our subjective view of ourself to be able to tell a new story. I mean, think about this in, a, in the positive way. Let's say you get some feedback from your life, from your community, from your partners, from your friends, from your family, and it allows you fr from, from your teachers, and it allows you to see yourself and your life in a completely new way. And you, you can say, well, I'm, I'm defining myself completely differently than I ever have in the past. And that is, can be, that's the real liberation, right? When you can redefine yourself through a completely different narrative. And then when we get into the Pisces decans, that's when we're working with, I guess, the energy of the imagination, the energy of spirit, the emotional energy to be able to co-create with divine awareness, to return to source, to be able to tell ourselves a new mythological story. So Pisces is more about figurative language, symbolic language, whereas I think Aquarius is much more rational. So we have that transition that we'll be going from, from the head into the heart, into the, the emotional space. Many manifestation, uh, you know, philosophies, talk about not just being able to manifest through your mind and through your thoughts, but through your emotions, through coming into alignment with emotionally with something can be, you know, even more powerful sometimes. It begins with a thought, but then it has to become a feeling, it has to become an intuition. I had a really nice talk with my friend C.V. Henriette the other day on, on Instagram Live, where we talked about that transition and, and about the transition of a, an artist or a musician learning their craft. And think about having to learn music theory and learn your scales. Like, let's say that's Aquarius. You've got the instrument, you buy the instrument in Capricorn season, you've got the material thing. Then you have to learn the knowledge and you're practicing the scales, you know the scales, you make it conscious, you make it rational. And then you get to the Pisces, you know, stage of your artistry and it becomes an instinct. And you need to forget, quote unquote, everything that you learned. And you didn't really forget it. You've just integrated it. You've united it, Jupiterian style, into your core being, into your heart. So that when you get up on stage, you're not overthinking it. You're letting the, the practice become instinct that comes out of you. So take this time period, this, this time, this full moon, this... Aquarius period, 
make things conscious, you know, learn it rationally. And then when we start getting into Pisces season, make it an instinct, rely on the instinct, forget it, right? But it'll be a part of you. You won't have forgotten it. It'll be a part of you. Okay. Do, 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 do. If we yield to our imaginary pro projections, we recognize it's just another possibility, which means the goal is still possible with the right approach, Silent Murmur says. What's your name, Silent Murmur? Do I know you? Are we, are we like friends on other things? I, you have some really interesting thoughts today. And maybe I should go follow you on your other uh, social medias. Stephen says, you don't know me until you've walked a few miles in my shoes. Yes, exactly. Uh, oftentimes we don't know what other people are going through and what other people are, if they're experiencing suffering. Uh, oftentimes we see an image of what people project out into the world and it's very different from their lived experience. Kate says, I like the idea of being undefinable, unattached to labels, but I'm unrealistically idealistic. I fit in all kinds of statistical boxes. Yeah, that's tough, isn't it? When we try to define ourselves by society's definitions. And it is, sometimes it does feel satisfying when we can say, I am this, and I am, I am this other thing. And it, it it gives us a sense of feeling anchored. But on the other hand, you're right, it can be limiting. There can be times where it's like, well, I'm this, but this, but I'm also this. There's an intersectionality with it. And you don't have to be just one thing. This is what I'm loving about this, my favorite book that I've been talking about. I don't have it with me here today, but The Flowering Wand by Sophie Strand, where, you know, these, the intersectionality of, of you know, masculinity, femininity, of myth over, over time and space of how one myth could be cropping up in one particular uh, place and time, and it could be in some kind of form and, and adornment, and it could have the same essence as another myth that pops up in another culture that is, is speaking to the needs of those people in that time and space. So we have to be fluid with some of those definitions. If we get too attached to the definitions, that's when we fall into dogma. And that's when we get stuck. And, and this is the other thing about this full moon in Leo. These are the most fixed decans in the entire zodiac, the, the middle decans of the fixed signs. So the other advice I would have is that just try not to get too narrow in your definition of who you, who and what you are. Try not to get too fixed in your, your routines and your, your narratives and your rational narratives that you have. Try not to get too fixed in your, your emotional uh, attachments to acknowledgement and pride. This is something that I'm telling myself right now is that oftentimes I will, as a Leo rising, I, if I get offended, if someone offends my dignity, you know, I see if all you Leos recognize this look. Who are you talking to? It can't possibly be me. <laughs> like you have disrespected, you, you, you would never disrespect me, would you? Like that, that look. And that can, that look, that feeling, can lead to uh, digging your heels in in a position that sometimes isn't even worth fighting for. Do you see what I'm saying? This might be part of this full moon as well. Um, Silent Murmur says, I love your green hoodie. Well, thank you, friend. I'm, I love it too. I have another one coming in the mail. <laughs> I've learned as a Taurus moon, if I love something, I'm just going to order like three of them 
so that that I don't feel sad that when I inevitably wear it out like five to 10 or 30 years from now, I'll just have another one ready to go. <laughs> I should do this with shoes. Oh boy. Um, Remco says, next to the victor with laurels in the chariot used to stand a slave whispering, look behind you, you are only human in his ear. A sort of memento mori. Ooh, interesting, interesting. And this is in, in reference to the Six of Wands, Remco. It says, very Saturnian action. Remember, you two are limited and have to abide by Saturn's law. Yes, that is, that's something that, that, say it again, Remco, because part of being incarnated is inherently about experiencing limitations. You know, we don't want to overdo it. It's about balance, right? We don't want to feel too overly limited in certain ways, but we have to respect limitations as well. And I wish more people in the new age or spiritual community would would acknowledge that and not make that like a, a negative thing, like, oh, you're so negative talking about limitations. No, we're being pragmatic. That's <laughs> realistic. No matter how much you stretch my body, I mean, without killing me, I'm always going to be about 5'10 or 5'11. I can't those are the limitations I was born into. That's the hemarmene, the things that I did not choose about my, my physical form that I'm not going to be able to change. I can wear some shoes to make myself a little bit taller, but the inherent essence of my quote-unquote height is, is going to, there, that is a, lim, a Saturnian limitation. And we, there's certain circumstances in our life that we would do much better to accept and surrender to rather than to continue to fight upstream against. Um, it's not true for everything, and we have to be careful as, as to what we accept. But again, respect Saturn, okay? Like this is a really important lesson you learn as you start to get older, as you learn about your limitations and how to work within them rather than fight against them. Hannah Kuhari says, the energy coming up with the moon regarding appreciation and desires may be a preview of what may be further explored when Venus retrogrades through his Deccan Square Uranus later this year. Oh, yes. For those of you who are not familiar, we are going to have a Venus retrograde starting in the end of July in the sign of Leo. It is going to be squared Uranus and Taurus, as Hannah is pointing out. So we may have some reevaluations of what we love, of how we create identity, of how we seek uh, affirmation and acknowledgement. And, um, you know, it, it, it might shake up our viewpoint of the world. It might shake up the view of how we, you know, go through our daily habits and routines. But you know what? Venus goes retrograde once every two years or so. So, I mean, it's just part of the cycle. It's there. Don't fear retrogrades. Oftentimes, Yes, things won't move as smoothly or as quickly as you want them to do, but they're part of a bigger cycle. This is this is Daddy Saturn talking here <laughs> today. <laughs> Sorry to be so Saturnian. But again, our our subjective experience is often very, 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 very limited. And every time I've looked back on my life where I was feeling upset about a delay or like a no, oftentimes it was just part of this bigger cycle that I didn't quite understand yet, that I didn't have clarity on yet, 
So I think that the Venus retrograde could be part of that as well. Steven says, my Saturn in Taurus has taught me the lesson to just show up. Saturn in the sixth. Yes, that's a great lesson, Stephen. I mean, Saturn binds us to something, uh, to mature. Uh, I also think Saturn is an, an equilibrium bringer because of its exaltation in Libra. Saturn, in the Orphic Hymn to Saturn, they talk about reducing that, you know, that which is excessive and increasing that which is lacking. It is, you know, related to increase and decrease. So, you know, there may be some things in our lives where your Saturn placement is, where you may have excessive attachments. There may be some things where you need to increase that ability. So Saturn and Taurus can be twofold. It can be show up, do things, slow and steady wins the race. It can also be, be careful not to get too attached to your routine because that can make you feel too, too fixated on a particular way of doing things or, or be too attached to possessions sometimes too. It can say, you know what? Don't be so attached to the physical form. Um, don't be so attached to doing it the same way every time. So again, it's both. All right. Oh, Lynn, thank you for the compliment on the on the the ad. Yeah, I had this video where the moon was rising and then this lion was like, <laughs> he has this look at his face like he's a lion, you know, <laughs> like it is as the music was going. It's fun to do stuff like that. This is part of the reason I have difficulty farming out some of my promo uh responsibilities because on some level i utilize that as a creative outlet uh so we'll see but i might have to reevaluate that moving forward silent murmur says it seems to depend on whether it is the one that increases or decreases coherence i'm sorry that i'm reading some of these not in context of my thought and there's so many good comments i'm You've had you you've been on a roll today, Silent Murmur. Um, <laughs> Rachel says this the Spencer, the hoodie people might sponsor your podcast. Well, oh who? <laughs> I'll wear every single color that you have <laughs> available. <laughs> I already ordered like four of them. So, you know, send me the, the whole complete set and I'll just wear them on the Spencer Michelle Astrology Podcast. Be like, look, this is the slim fit. This is a small, by the way. Um, this is a, a an American small, but an, an Asian medium, which I thought was interesting. And they marked that specifically on the tag because it's made in Korea. It's a Korean-made uh, company. Um, into the ocean of definitive meaning. Oh, Silent Murmur says we may have met through Austin Copic. Really? What's your name? Reveal yourself. <laughs> oh, we probably did. You've got some great thoughts, friend. Um, okay, Dawn is here, says, I came in at the right moment, preach. Okay, yes, I'm on my soapbox today a little bit. But yeah, sometimes we just have to throw, throw it out there. Uh, Hannah then says, the lunation begs the question, if being authentic is the same as feeling authentic, is the authentic authenticity of our values a reflection of us or societies? Ooh, I love that. Hannah, bringing the Jupiter and Sagittarius conjunct Uranus in her natal chart wisdom. Just, just getting right to the heart of it. Good stuff, Hannah. Mm -mm 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 -mm. 
Okay. Oh yeah. Thanks Remco for, for, for showing folks the direct uh, link to the reel that I put out there. Yes. Thank you. I, I like the, thank you for acknowledging that the, the Leo part of me uh, is feeling very acknowledged. So friends, do you think we did a, a, a decent deep dive and exploration? Are you feeling like we've gotten a, a fairly sense of completion with this? Other questions that you might have speak now or for, forever hold your peace until the next time we meet. <laughs> like, um, we've gone on a journey today. We've talked about m me and my favorite things, like uh, echoing some of Janet's th stuff that she puts out there. I, I love Janet's email. She sends out my favorite things. I've talked about my favorite things. Uh, okay. We've talked about how to ground ourselves in various locations and how to release some of the inflammation that we have in our bodies. We've talked about how to balance out the need to do uh, what is expected of us by the collective and how to provide for our individual needs potentially. So LSJ is asking any new moon Pisces sneak peeks. Well, let me let me just okay i'll give you just a, a quick rundown illist and for those of you who want to um get a much more in-depth uh look at the astrology of february i will you can see the video that i made on that but here i will move this a little bit forward in time just to see what what we might be coming to here okay so we've got the malefic enclosure and i'll go quickly we've got the malefic enclosure of the of the sun and then eventually you'll see we've got the, we're going to keep the full moon in the inner circle and we're going to move the chart on the outer circle here. So you can see that eventually the sun's going to come into conjunction with Saturn after Mercury conjoins Pluto and then moves into Aquarius. So remember those, those difficult conversations potentially that could lead to just wanting to just do something completely outside the box. Uh, then we're going to have the sun start applying to Saturn while simultaneously Venus is applying to Neptune. Okay. And we're going to see the conjunction of Venus and Neptune before the conjunction of sun and Saturn. So a period of time where we may really be thinking about sacrifice, emotional uh, cleansing and catharsis, um, that decan of Pisces is really about crusading energy. And that could lead, that, that feeling, that emotion could lead to structuring our lives in a completely different way when we have the Kazemi of Saturn. All right. That is all happening while we have a last quarter moon on February the 13th at about 24 degrees of Scorpio and Aquarius. So the Scorpio moon, this will be a tough this is a challenging one because the moon's in fall and the sun's in in exile but i would recommend at the last quarter moon release any old habits or addictions that you might have that that decan is really associated with really trying to keep some form alive that is no longer providing vitality it's a seven of cups energy where we're releasing the illusion um, and not trying to keep something alive like like a necromancer would 
which can lead to all sorts of uh, debauchery, like that they call the card, the, the, the Lord of debauchery, can lead to all sorts of ethical lapses. So really make sure that you're keeping yourself in alignment with your ethical, um, you know, integrity around this last quarter moon. And then you will see uh, the new moon in Pisces. So there's the new moon in Pisces. That's February 20th. As Mercury is about to move into malefic enclosure, right? It's going to be applying to a trine to Mars and then conjoining Saturn. So that new moon, here's what I think. It, it, this will be a time period to not overthink things. Mercury is going to be moving into that malefic enclosure. Your mind might be trying to play some tricks on you. You may feel stuck with a thought that is repetitive that you can't, you know, get rid of. Pisces New Moon is encouraging you to let go your conscious self, like Luke Skywalker, right? Being trained by Obi-Wan Kenobi, trying to use the Force. At a certain point, you, you've thought about it as much as you can think about it. Now it's time to just be. Now it's time to trust yourself and trust and have faith that things are going to work out. So this new moon is really about the beginning of a, a process of faith and releasing the need to overanalyze, to overthink, to over-rationalize, and just be in our emotional space, in our intuitive space. It's the beginning of the siren song. And I'll talk more about that as we, we get into it in the coming weeks. Um, so, yeah, because we're gonna, I'm going to also be joining my friend Shu Yap on her uh, ShoeTube channel. <laughs> Call her ShoeTube. She has a new YouTube channel, Intercycle Astrology, which I now lovingly refer to as ShoeTube. So I'll be joining her as a guest to talk Saturn in, a, in Pisces. Um, we're going to be recording that next week. So you'll hear all my Saturn and Pisces thoughts with her, and then I'll share that. And go make sure you go and subscribe to Shu's channel. She's brilliant and a good friend of mine. So uh, support her work as well. Okay. So I hope that was a, a good sneak peek with the new moon in Pisces. Rachel says, interested in how Sun Uranus might be feeding into this lunation of the full moon? Well, again, it's a wild card. It's, it's you know, hold on a second. Let me, get a, let me get a snack here. I'm starting to get to the end of my blood sugar. I love all these questions, and I could talk to all of you all day. I just have to make sure that my body has the energy to, to feed the brain and think about the things, the, the, the awesome questions that you're all asking. So how would the sun and, and Uranus move into the lunation? Well, again, we have to think about that six of pentacles where we are getting a lightning bolt of awareness, Uranus, to try to do things in, a, in an unorthodox new way. Remember, Uranus is related, I think, to Prometheus. I'm piggybacking off of Richard Tarnas's thoughts on Uranus, where sometimes with Uranus, we are rebelling against the established order to be able to bring something new to our life. So we have to shatter the old expectations. So with the sun squared Uranus, you're trying to move on to a new shore, to a new ideal, a new community. Uranus is saying, 
you're not going to be able to do that crossing by doing the same routines, habits, using the same stuff uh, that you always have done and always have used. Here's an example. This hoodie was a Sun Uranus moment for me. For me, this is like Linus's blanket, right? I have a, a green hoodie that I've had since I was like 14. And I wore it almost every day. Like it was my favorite thing that made me feel the energy of green, right? It made me feel relaxed. It made me feel Torian. And it started getting holes in it. It like the end of that. The reason why I have this new hoodie is because the zipper broke finally. The zipper finally separated from the bottom and I could not, I, I zipped it funny and I couldn't get the zipper off. And maybe there's a way to fix it, but that one really needed to be retired. Okay. Like it was, you know, it, it, it had seen better days. So I had to shift my, something I was attached to that was part of my routine. And to be honest with you, this has brought me something that I actually like even better. It fits me better. It fits who I am now, not who I was when I was 14. It fits the body that I have now. It has a little pocket for something to put something in. It, the material is actually softer. It's an 80-20 cotton. It's 80% cotton, 20 polyester. And the other one was like 90% polyester, 10% spandex or some shit like that it was bad it was probably bad for my skin so by something disrupting my routine i was forced or or encouraged to do something different that ultimately broke me out of an old pattern that really you know wasn't necessarily the healthiest pattern so i think that that's part of this full moon energy again i hate to belabor a material attachment but as a taurus moon cancer sun that hoodie was it was a it was a spiritual thing it was a uh it was a, a symbol of security uh like i've i've left it in various places i actually i drove 150 miles back to somewhere where i forgot it like at a gig one time just just because i didn't want to lose it and it's a it's a 20 dollars franklin sweatshirt it's not like this special thing outside of its meaning to me, right? Um, but as you move forward in your life, if you do have Taurus influences, which Uranus is in, there will probably be times where you're going to have to change your environment. You're going to have to change your relationship to material reality. And that's liberating, you know? To, to me, it's a, it's a form of self-care, right? of being able to liberate uh, our, our attachments um, and to, to reflect our current state rather than our, our you know, holding on to something that was a, a version of ourselves that is no longer bringing us vitality or reflective of who we are now. So I hope that helps answer your question, Rachel. Okay. Um... Let me see. Let me see if there's any more questions here. I love this. 
Kate says I'm wearing an awesome hoodie dress. It's like negative 12 outside. What we're wearing is very Leo. Yeah, it's like 12 degrees here too. And this is very lightweight, but you know, I layer, I layer it up. But I wanted something lightweight because I wear it inside and I didn't want to be too hot. I actually, funny thing, I did buy a new green hoodie in the last 30 years, but it's very thick. And it's like my winter green hoodie. So I'm like, this is like spring everyday green hoodie. And I have a winter one that I put on that's the same color. <laughs> Just layer up with it. I'm a creature of habit. I mean, for those of you who haven't seen, like on my Facebook page, I, I have this picture of myself at like four years old where apparently I was just as stubborn back then where you could see me and it was on my birthday and my birthday is in July. Okay. And I'm in full snowsuit with like a cowboy hat and like a ginger ale. And my face is like beet red because I have like a million layers of clothes on. Apparently my parents told me that I just love that snowsuit so much that I refuse to take it off despite it being like 90 degrees outside <laughs> so there's photo evidence of this so you know i think it's it's funny the little hang-ups and attachments that we have and and to be honest with you and maybe some of you taurus types will be able to relate when you have a lot of emotional um disturbances as a young person which i did i had a lot of change in my life as a young person that made me feel a little unsafe we can, we can project safety onto things, onto ideas that bring us comfort. You know, I think that when you realize that emotionally, it helps you to let go of things and to, to realize that that security is not based on that material thing. It is, it is an internal state. Okay. Um, Silent Murmur says, meaning which self we are referring to, if we say one is the loneliest number you ever knew, it seems to be the one that imagines, imagines being disconnected from the beloved. Oh, that's a good thought. Yeah, I was trying to bring some balance to that thought that one it, it suggests separation in that song, but the unity of the divine would suggest, you know, emerging and undifferentiated awareness. Uh, we haven't talked about the animal and the I Ching yet, Stella, so I'm getting there. I'm just rounding about, <laughs> doing roundabout here. I love this talk. I, like I said, I could go on and on. Um, we'll get to it. I'm just reading through the comments here. Rachel says, reminds me of listening to Rick Rubin speak last week about how what once worked so well for us creatively isn't always going to be the best way. Yes, the right answer is eventually always the wrong one. You know, and sometimes the wrong answer can be the right one. I love it. I love that line of thinking. So th that's a good meditation for the sun. You're in a square too. And Rachel says we need to constantly be open to innovating, entertaining new methods and learning from others. Amen. Uh, she says material attachments are great illustrators of how hard we find to let go of routines and belief systems around who we are in the world. You know, you're preaching to the choir here, Rachel. Oh, Okay, Come Alive Art Studios says Aquarius Ascendant, and we have decided to leave a family business after 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're, you're having Saturn move through that first, and the, the, the Saturn-Sun uh, conjunction is going to be happening there, just redefining who you are potentially through 
um, through that Saturnian cycle. So yeah, good luck with that. I know that's, that's can be some stress too, but also probably very liberating. Okay. Okay. Stephen says, thank you, Spencer. You have so much wisdom at your age. I'm 52. We'll be 53 on March 2nd. Oh, happy birthday, Stephen, in advance. Uh, second, although my solar return marches for March 1st. Well, thank you, Stephen. I, I, I try to, you know, open myself up to uh, whatever knowledge wants to come to me through books, through all of you, through the divine, and hopefully uh, people are just benefiting from, from my process. I, I don't have it all figured out, um, but I have some enthusiasm for trying to. And, and you know, I think that it's, it's about the journey and it's about the effort. And sometimes it's about not the effort, right? Sometimes it's about relaxing. So I appreciate that, Prime. Um, Rachel says they should definitely sponsor you. Your praise would be truly authentic. It is authentic. I, I, if I love something, I'll tell everyone about it. Um, okay, friends, let's wrap this one up with a bow. And that bow is the I Ching in an animal spirit. So the I Ching that I got for all of you today very much reflects the malefic enclosure of the sun, in my opinion. And that was number 12. Hexagram number 12 has three solid lines on top of three broken lines. And this is a blockage of the energy that likes to rise up towards the heavens. Okay? So they call this hexagram standstill, stagnation, a blockage. This to me is the glass ceiling of Aquarius, right? Misfortune, disharmony, hindrance. But it's changing to hexagram 59, which uh, relates to dispersion, dis disillu disillusion, getting rid of egotism, finding a common purpose, melting the ice and clearing the blockages. The end of this lunar cycle is going to be Pisces season where everything starts to melt into the oceanic sea of unity and oneness. It's fertile, okay? Two changing lines. This is, these are the translations from The Laws of Change by Jack M. Balkin, my, probably my favorite uh, author on the I Ching, although I have many authors that I like to read. They bear and endure good fortune for the petty. The great person accepts the standstill to achieve success. So this particular line talks about, you know, petty people in the I Ching's viewpoint are people that will come out of alignment with their integrity to achieve their personal aims and ends. So this is encouraging you to accept the challenges, to accept the stagnation for now, rather than fight against it, rather than compromise your integrity for the sake of movement. Okay? That's really important. Sometimes, again, the most enlightened action that action that you can do is to sit still, right? This is, you know, for, for a short period of time and then the stretch. Okay. <laughs> so, but metaphorically, sometimes we have to, uh, by sitting still, we allow time to pass. Sometimes nature is still moving. And while we have stillness, it is unraveling some of the knots that keep us bound and tied. So sometimes all you need is to let some time pass. And I think that, that this line speaks to that. So better to accept the situation 
and stay true to your principles. Conserve your strength. Maintain a low profile, right? This may be the time not to just shout your newest idea on the rooftops or try to get credit for the work that you've done. Just labor away at what you're doing. Eventually, you'll be recognized for your achievements. This is the other thing with Aquarius. Eventually, you know, you might be recognized for your things, but time has to pass. Saturn gives its gifts over the long haul, not instantaneously. Delayed gratification. Line number four says, he who follows the will of heaven is without blame. His comrades share in the blessing. So this, this line speaks to the stagnation eventually coming to an end. That change is happening. The, the change of nature that I just referred to. Uh, that new opportunities could be coming to you. It's important in this line, they say, to put aside selfishness. For the the right motions and motives to be the inspiration for your actions. And, and they specifically speak to collective benefit. This is one of the, I think, the underlying ethos of the I Ching, of the Tao Te Ching, of ancient Chinese sage civilization, is the good of the whole, the good of the realm. And if you study the Tao, Taoism, they, they talk about those those relationships with the the community and that the wise leader is one that is not an authoritarian type of person the, the wise leader is one that has the best interests of the people in mind and and practices humility so they're always going to lead us towards that that energy of humility and collective good which i appreciate and, and i think is a very important and i try to to model on, on this channel so when we move to 59, this is where we're melting the ice, right? This is where we're getting rid of the blockage. Again, time needs to pass. The malefic enclosure of the sun ends on the 16th of February with the conjunction of the sun and Saturn. So if you're feeling stuck, just wait for some t time to pass and, and you might get unstuck. The ice will melt. Same thing with winter. It may feel like the sun's just never out and super cold, but the world keeps spinning. The tilt the axis keeps tilting and the warmer days will come and you just have to kind of hang in there and rely on your friends, treat your friends with respect because you might need them at this, this period of darkness. You know, we might need to reach out to people and support one another during the difficult times at the end of winter. Sharing is important. Sometimes the stores that we had for winter, they don't always last throughout the entire winter. And that's where communal uh, responsibility can come in where we can help others that maybe through injury or illness or something, don't have as much as, as we did due to our uh, vitality and our good health. So check in on the people that you care about. Share your resources. Share your wisdom. Give your mom a call. <laughs> like, call your elderly neighbors in your neighborhood or something like that. Like, You never know what people are going through, and sometimes just hearing from you could be the thing that makes all the difference. Okay. So the animal that I have for you is the dove. So the dove is a representation of peace, uh, love, devotion, purity, surrender, and hope. So it's important to stay hopeful during this period of time. It's important to stay calm, stay peaceful. The dove is a, a sign of peace. Find your center and your balance. Uh, make amends if you've had a conflict. Remember, the beginning of Aquarius is, is the Five of Swords, which is called Conflict and Defeat. If you've had a really difficult time with someone, 
try to swallow your ego as much as you can, if it's possible, and be the initiator of peace. Let go of some of the old forms. Let go of some of the old grievances, and and you'd be amazed at what can what can happen. The dove is also a symbol of death. It is also it's a symbol that you know with every death is a rebirth. It's a rebirth symbol. Um, you know, if my last song lyric for you is you know from the the late '90s, I believe the the band Semisonic, where it says every new beginning is another new beginning's end right? Closing time. You know, you don't have to go home. You can't, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, right? Uh, but realizing that, 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 you know, endings are transitions and they're new beginnings and we, the spring will come again. So that my friends is what I have for you today. This has been a, an incredible conversation with all of you. I so much appreciate all of your com contributions in the chat, your presence, your humor, uh, going down all of the the Geminian rabbit holes that I like to go on here, uh, all of the Taurus appreciations we've been doing today. Um, I'm grateful for you as a community. Um, if you could do me a favor, hit the like button on this video, subscribe to the channel, if you want to make a material donation to the work that I do, you can buy me a super chat or a super sticker or make a donation at buymeacoffee.com. If you need more guidance during this period of time, I, my books are open in the middle of February, so I'd be happy to work with you if you want to schedule a reading at spencermichaud.com. Okay, friends, that is what I have for you today. Um, hang in there and... Uh, we will see you the next time. I hope to see you at the Stars and Cards talk through Nightlight Astrology on February the 12th. And um, remember, it's important to be kind to yourself during this period of time. Believe in yourself. And that'll help you to believe in others and to be kind to others as well. And that'll get us through some of the darkest days. All right, friends. Take care. Peace.